Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome and Chag Sameach. Happy Chag Tabernacles, Sameach. everybody. That's right, it's a quote. Welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. My name is Ryan, and I'm here in Studio B it's with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor right. Nick. It's great to be here. Man, it is good to be here. I tell you what. Um, it's the end of the harvest. You know, God is so good. And we're so favored. We just, we don't even realize how favored we are. Today is the first day of Sukkot, of Tabernacles, right. right? So last night we had an awesome little celebration, good fellowship time, you know? That's right. Uh, had a nice processional, some dancing, and then we had some snacks and stuff like that. You, you did. You gotta love the snacks, you know? Um, my favorite, and D, Miss D, if she's listening, were the spinach dip and the buffalo chicken dip. That's all I'm saying. Those are my favorites. Ooh, I've heard of that. I was I was into those. And then uh, we have some services coming up as well. So if you want to participate with us, see, the theme for this year's uh, services is the gathering at Beit Tehillah. But I want you to know that the theme for every Tabernacles is gathering, right? I mean, it's the That's right. in gathering. It's the That's feast what Sabbath is of gathering, right? The gathering of the exiles, and uh, and so. If you want to participate with us, you can do it online, right? But like, get some people together to watch it with you. If you can't make it here, but if you that would be fun. if you're in the area, that would be fun. You should be here this coming Shabbat. The theme for this one, because it's the gathering for all of them, but it's the gathering of Ephraim and Judah, right? The two sticks yeah, in Ezekiel the first thirty-seven. Night was the gathering of Beit Tehillah. That's right. That's right. So we're branching out now. Right. So now Ephraim and Judah, we pray that Ephraim and Judah will come together, the restoration and the reconciliation of that's right. the whole house of Israel. Um, so that's for this Shabbat, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're here in the area, like I said, you should be here. And there's going to be an oneg, a meal afterwards. That's right. And we'll feed you. If you show up, we'll feed you after the service. Um, and then we're having our Shimini Atzeret, which is our uh, eighth great day service on Monday night. So instead of our normal Bible study, we'll be doing Shimini Atzeret service. And that one is themed the gathering of the nations. And so we all get dressed up in our little nations garment. So like, let's say like for me, uh, my heritage, I've got Cuban, English, Spanish. I got all kinds of stuff in my background. I you need know? a top hat and a cane to be an old Yeah, chap. yeah, you can do the, an you know, Englishman. Uh, my wife, her family's from Puerto Rico and uh, from, you know, before that, Portugal. Um, but there's all kinds. Of, we got some uh, Ukrainian or what was it, Czechoslovakian, right? Czech Republic folks in here. We've got uh, people African. Mexico. Uh, Mexican, that's right. We've got all kinds of people with all these cool backgrounds. And so what's cool is if we can all dress up in nation's garments, it doesn't have to be your heritage, right? It could be a nation that you're praying for, right? Or a nation that, you know, you right. are attracted to for, you know, whatever reason or another. Dress up, show up, and then we all come together and we gather. That'll be good. I told you think. I like it. <laughs> and so Tabernacles is obviously the highlight of the year. Um, you know, it's the the marriage celebration from a prophetic standpoint. That's right. And, uh, and 
I just think of it and someday, right, Yeshua is going to return and we're going to party with him. And for those that say that, hey, don't keep the feasts or that stuff's done away with, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean... If we're going to be celebrating them in the future. I was in my sukkah this morning, and I'm just looking around. You know, and, and you know, my four-year-old is so excited about the sukkah. She is just like over the moon. And I'm just thinking, you know, we haven't lost anything. So, many, so much of the fear about changing our ways to go after God's ways was centered around like the kids and Christmas or Easter and things like that, you know. But we, we've gained way more than we would have ever lost. That's true. Amen. And it's just about changing your mindset to realize that what God has, right? right. If God, if we can give good gifts to our children, how much more can God give good gifts to us? I'm telling you, that's awesome. I just want to say that um, for the last 30 days, we've had 21 podcast listens from Moscow. What? Russian collusion. (laughs) Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Uh, Just to to share some of these countries, I think it's kind of interesting. Oslo. Oh, wow. Eight. How cool. Frankfurt. Wow. Germany. Seven. And then this is uh, Venesla, which is, uh, it looks like. Uh, is that Norway? I don't know. I have no, no idea. No, it's, I don't think it's Norway. Brussels. Wow. Dublin. Kind of cool. We've got countries that we don't even know. I mean, that, that just oh, shows I know. you. I got to look them up. But how cool is that? I mean, that's really neat to see what God's doing, you know? Yeah. No, I, it's it's super neat. Well, so we say hello. Thank you for, for listening. That's right. Uh, and we we ap- encourage you. We appreciate you. Um, You're not alone. You know, we've got some folks here at Beit Tehillah, people that, you know, come to Beit Tehillah, a lot of times they're they're changing their lifestyle and they're getting picked at and picked on. Yeah. And, um, you know, people are saying things to them because people, what is it you always say? People criticize what they don't understand, what they don't understand, right? They criticize. And so for us who are taking the Bible, and it's so funny because I was talking to somebody about this and I was like, you know, I'm sitting and we're building the sukkah and we're, we're trying to figure some stuff out. And we were, had this idea of putting something on top to kind of protect, you know, from some stuff. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. You know, so we go and we read the scriptures and we're reading through. And I was like, you know, I think that uh, this is going to be perfect, what we have here, you know. Yeah. But like, when else in my life before I started following God's ways, right, did I ever open the Bible literally to get like instruction about something to take action on it right then? Right. And and that, what a cool way of, what a cool way of life we have. I That's mean, right. just... It's just cool. Yeah, I know a little, little bend there in my, my Bible pages. Ears. They do that. It bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so, got this page. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Because it was so messed up. It got torn and ripped. And I said, oh, I can't fix that. It made, made a little angle. You know, every time I get a new Bible, um, it usually gets anointed with coffee somehow. Right, every single one of them. They've all been anointed with some some water, some juice, some something, all of them, and they weather the storm. And so you could see like there's like a little waviness to the pages there at the top. Oh yeah, on I that have one. That. I have it in this one. I think. Oh, and it's because it's from moisture of some sort, right? And uh, I did, and the one that I have like this, the one that I study at home, um, I have I have it on there too, and it's just it's it needs to be worn. It well, it's a sign that you're a you're doing hand it. It's better than ten on the shelf. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It's the one book that you pick up. You never put down. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Well, and and it's you know it's it's a spiral staircase, right? That's the best way that I've heard it explained. Cyclical, yeah. That 
you know, well, but cyclical, but we're doing the same things over and over. And if you're just on a merry-go-round and you get dizzy and yeah, you want to throw are, up and are, fall off. You are making aliyah. No, but we're, we're coming up. up, right? We're, we we're, we're progressing every year. That's right. There's something new every year. Like this year's Yom Kippur was very special to me. I, I really enjoyed the service. And I'm reading through, you know, the the repentance statements, you know, the prayers that we're doing here oh, in the service. But what's different is like this year, it, I was convicted on a whole other thing stuff in the past. It's like, I had look, my convictions. I, I was, was thinking I was going to show up and I was going to like, you know, brush my pray, shoulder no, off. I was like, praying under my breath for some of those things. I said, that's me. <laughs> That number. Uh, I was thinking I was going to be like, oh, thank you, Lord, oh, that I, I don't do any that. of these things. Yeah, I was like, no. Oh. Got to work on that. No. Yeah, exactly right. That's the same thing that happened If I just put tape on my mouth, I'd be healed (laughs) of a lot of things. I'd avoid a lot of controversy. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's let's do it. So we are coming to a close of the Torah cycle, and uh, this is always a special... Uh, special Torah portion. It is called Vezot Habracha, which means the blessing. Uh, and this is the Torah portion found starting in Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 1 and ending at the end of Deuteronomy at chapter 34 and verse 12. Praise God. There's a lot going on here. Uh, just in closing here, uh, Deuteronomy is a book of remembrance. It's broken up into four parts as we conclude this Torah cycle, which is pretty cool. Uh, Remembrances of the past, part one, is chapters one through four. Uh, Part two is commandments for the present, uh, chapter four and verse 44, all the way through chapter 26, commandments for the present. Uh, The third part is options affecting the future, chapters 27 through 30. Uh, Last but not least, part four, the parting words of Moses or Moshe, chapters 31 through 34, There's five key words found in the book of Deuteronomy, the book of remembrance. Number one is remember. Number two is obey. Number three is blessing. Number four is curse. Number five is covenant. So we're going to get right into this and uh, jump right into this. Um, What did Moses do before his death? He blessed the children of Israel. Oh, he blessed the children of Israel. And uh, what came from the Lord's right hand? Well, it says a fiery law or a fire of law. And the way that I've seen it depicted, like, you know, in uh, Charlton Heston's Ten Commandments, is that, you know, it came down like fire, like a lightning bolt, and wrote the Ten Commandments. Interesting. Right there in the rock. You know, um, a fiery law. In Jude chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, it says, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Wow. Think about yeah. this. Ten thousands of his saints. A fiery law. You know, and uh, that was the thing I believe with Moses is he wanted people to be drawn to the Ark of the Covenant, which is the holder of the law. You know, the, the seat of Moses, uh, you know, when you render judgments and stuff in the synagogue, but the seat of Moses is, is to have those statutes, commandments, and judgments. But a quote from the book of Enoch is here in Jude. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, here comes the Lord with 10,000 of his saints to what? To execute judgment. Right. 
So judgment begins with the house of God. Judgment is rendering a decision. Let your yes be yes, let your no be no. There's no call me maybe. <laughs> call me maybe. <laughs> That's just not going to work. So we have the blessings uh, for the tribes here. It's kind of interesting, something we'll, we'll point out here. Uh, we have, of course, uh, Reuben, Judah, Levi, Benjamin, Joseph, which consists of Ephraim and Manasseh, Zebulun, Issachar, Gad, Dan, Naphtali, and Asher. So why do you think the tribe of Simeon is not blessed by Moses? So I was thinking about this, and I noticed that if you look at the end of Numbers, where you have the Torah portion of uh, Pincus, right, and he spears through yeah. the chief of the tribe of Simeon. Yeah, there was a controversy there. And yeah. then if you also notice, you notice that at that same time, you had the uh, de- decrease, the biggest decrease was in the tribe of Simeon as well. And so scholars have kind of inferred that it's possible that there was some sort of a, a backlash against the tribe of Simeon by the Could Israelites be. and that they kind of culled the herd, so to speak. Yeah, because you have Reuben, then Judah and Levi. Right. It should have been Reuben, Simeon, Simeon. Levi, correct. You know, who was it that Joseph kept back from his brothers when they had to go back to their father in Egypt? Didn't they lock up Simeon? I believe so, yeah. Because he was like an instigator or something. Yeah. Reuben was the one that wanted to bring Joseph out of the pit. Right. Reuben was trying to redeem himself. But yeah. Simeon did some little shenanigans there. A little shenanigans. Now, um, let's see here. But remember, I mean, Simeon is the one that had led the way, right, to taking people into the the sin of sexual immorality and idolatry at, at Baal Peor. And so that's that's that key piece. And so I, I, if I had to say, just from a timing standpoint, because that all happened in the same period, because this is only a few months, and then Deuteronomy is written at the very end of the period in the plains of Moab, all of that happened here at this place. But what about going back in time? Wasn't it Simeon and Levi that killed all the men of Shechem? But Levi's punishment is that he doesn't get an inheritance of the land and that he's going to serve the rest of his brethren by being the bloodshed well, you know, the, person. He's, he's good with a knife. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> so, so that's interesting. Um, I want to bring something out here as, as we look at Simeon, but what about Dan? This is something interesting that I observed. The tribe of Dan is not mentioned as being sealed in Revelation chapter 7, verses 4 through 8. Hmm. Right? Right. So there's a little dilemma. Now, some people say that the Antichrist is going to come from the tribe of Dan. But then he's the first one to get the inheritance, right? he's going to be Jewish, the Antichrist. So that's all speculation, theories, whatever. But I'm saying that, but here's the good news. But he's the first one given an apportionment of land in Ezekiel 48.1. Which is after all that, right? Right. Yeah. So very interesting that he's the first one mentioned to get land. So for some reason, he's not sealed. We don't know the answer. We can speculate, but we just don't know the answer. I thought that was kind of interesting. Huh. So we know the, uh, the last judge was Samson from the tribe of, of Dan. Dan. yeah. And then there was this transition, right, of the monarchy. To the king, to the yeah, to Saul. So, so uh, it's interesting. Um, now, uh, what was going to be sufficient for the tribe of Judah? Well, it says, it says, based on the blessing, it says his hands were going to be sufficient for him. You want to read that blessing? I do. Um, how did you know? <laughs> and it says, and this is the blessing of Judah. And he said, hear, Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him unto his people. Let his hands be sufficient for him, and be thou a help to him from his enemies. So the IDF. 
Think about it. Mm. The IDF using their hands for war to protect. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. Um, let's see here. His hands. Very interesting. You know, his hands. And just say with the hand washing, you know, your hands can do evil. Your hands can do good. Right. What tribe was going to teach the children of Israel the law? Levi. 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 Now, I want to, I want to take you to Malachi here, since we have time. I want to take you to Malachi, chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. It says, Israel is unfaithful is the caption here, but check this out. Malachi, chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. I love this. This is the last prophet to, to write before the New Testament. Here we go. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. Yeah. If you will not hear, and if you will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord upon you, and I will curse your blessings... Yea, I have cursed them already, because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces. Yikes. Even the dung of your solemn feasts, and one shall take you away with it. Verse 4 of Malachi chapter 2. And you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. So here's the charge. It's given to him, right? Now, he's, he's going to say, this is what I've asked you to do. This is what your responsibilities are. Verse 5. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But you are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts, or to fall in the law. Verse 9, Therefore have I also made you contemptible and base before all the people according as you have not kept my ways, but have been partial in the law. You know, it kind of reminds me of like the televangelists in some way, you know. Yeah. They, they give the church a bad name or Christianity a bad name because of their, you know, because their uh, their antics or their you know the way of doing things. Yeah. Well, and, and Malachi is the last prophet before right. you get to the New Testament. So, like in my Bible, you know, there's this page that says the New Testament, but on the other side of it is Malachi. And so, I just find it interesting that Malachi is talking about the way people are forsaking the commandments and forsaking the law right before we get to the New Testament and rebuking it, right, and, and saying, his, even his last words are, you know, remember the law of Moses that I gave at Horeb, and, and then obviously the turning the hearts of the fathers back to the children of the children. And that was the, the responsibility fathers. of the Levites. They were the first dermatologists. Yeah. You know, it also talks about the Urim and the Thummim, you know, the lights and the whatever the Thummim are, um, you know, to, for making decisions when it talks to Levi. It says, and of Levi said, let thy Thummim and thy Urim be with thy Holy One, whom thou didst prove at Massa, and with whom thou didst strive with at the waters of Meribah, who said unto his father and his mother, I have not seen him, neither did he acknowledge his brethren, nor knew his own children, for they have observed thy word and kept thy covenant. They shall teach Jacob thy judgments and Israel thy law. And so it's talking about that, you know, you can have the Urim and the Thummim without God, right? You can do divination, cast lots, do these things to help you make decisions outside of the way the Lord does it. But Levi, he's saying, may your your decision-making process be with the Holy One. 
That's right. Which I think is important. So let's look at um, who received the longest blessing out of all the tribes. I mean, who other than Joseph? It means to add to. That's, That's right. his name. Yes. It says here in Deuteronomy 33, 13. And of Joseph, he said, Blessed of the Lord be his land for the precious things of heaven, for the dew and for the deep that coucheth beneath, and for the precious fruits brought forth by the sun and for the precious things put forth by the moon, and for the chief things of the ancient mountains and for the precious things of the lasting hills, and for the precious things of the earth and fullness thereof. Wow, there's the fullness thereof. The fullness. The fullness of the Gentiles. Yep. And for the goodwill of him that dwelt in the bush. Let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph and upon the top of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. Separated from his brethren. His glory is like the firstling of his bullock and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. And they are the ten thousands of Ephraim and they are the thousands of Manasseh. So we have, of course, his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, among Joseph's blessing. And I think it's interesting. It says here, uh, he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. Joseph's everywhere. And, of course, the, the name of Joseph, Joseph is the earthly father of Yeshua. Yep. And Joseph of Arimathea gave up his tomb that was never used. Right. So to add to, that's what we need to be thinking about in life. Let me add to your life. Let me add to, not just get by. Let's add to. Right. Yeah, I have two maracas. Okay, two maracas. Yeah, not one. I add two. Ah, and I have a baby one too in my <laughs> bag. <laughs> so I find that interesting about this thing about precious, and also for the deep that coucheth beneath. So Joseph's like a hidden blessing that mm. comes out. Mm. Boom! Ta-da! He comes out. He's precious. And even talks about the precious things of the lasting hills, the ancient mountains, see, and for the precious things of the earth and fullness thereof. So wherever Joseph is hidden or whatever's happening, he always adds to. And Joseph is blessed. Away. And that's living up to your name as Joseph, yeah. the house of Joseph. I mean, Joseph was blessed in Potiphar's house. He was blessed in prison. He was blessed in Pharaoh's house. And, oh, you almost got me there. And then, and so there's, there's a pattern that you can bloom where you're planted. And so that's the goal, right? As, as you know, Joseph's descendants, right? Is to, right. to be blessed. And um, Ephraim means doubly fruitful. It does. Manasseh means cause me to forget. So it's interesting that, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. That was a good word. The thing is, Ryan, if you look at Joseph's life, his own family didn't receive his dreams, didn't really receive him. Right. Took his garment, right? Threw him in a pit. Well, here's Pharaoh now, pulls him out of the pit, gives him a nice wardrobe. Yeah. Loves his dreams, saves the people, does all these cool things, you know, becomes second in command. But what's interesting is that he has Ephraim, he marries an Egyptian priest's daughter, and he has Ephraim, which means doubly fruitful or fruitful. Then he has Manasseh, caused me to forget. See, that's what's happened to the church. They're like a Manasseh. Caused me to forget. But because Judah comes into our life. He has Manasseh and then Ephraim, but yeah. Yeah, Manasseh, then Ephraim, yeah. yeah. Caused me to forget, yeah. doubly fruitful, doubly yeah, fruitful. just like that. Didn't mean to, yeah, I was thinking, because in this order, it was like Ephraim, then Manasseh. Yeah, well, he, he puts Ephraim before Manasseh. He, do, he does in, in the blessing. <laughs> yeah. But it just, it's interesting. So, so we can't forget. 
no. Mount Sinai. We no. can't forget Judah or the Jewish people. Right. We can't forget the Mosaic Covenant, the yeah. marriage covenant. And that's why it's like now it's going to produce fruit. You know, just this week I was, uh, well, <laughs> as much as I hate to admit this, I was perusing some comments. <laughs> On social media? There's only 7 billion people, Ryan. <laughs> well, and, you know, I see people that are coming into the Hebrew roots, and I just, I hate, I hate, I hate when people are fed the lie that, like, the Jewish people aren't the real Jews, or... So much controversy. Like, the, the negative about Jewish people, and, like, well, how could... How, they killed... They, literally, the comment said, they killed Messiah. How can we trust anything you they know, say? I had an evangelical... I won't mention their name. Yeah. I had an evangelical friend, a Christian brother in the Lord, said to me, what's this controversy about Yom Teruah or trumpets is celebrated on another day? It's another day. Or there's a controversy about the calendar and trumpets. Yeah. And I had I the like, same question, possibly from the same person. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, I wasn't aware of it. We just follow the Hebrew calendar. Oh, there's calendars all over the place. Are you kidding? There's people got calendars on calendars. Their calendars have calendars. Yeah, you know? I mean, you, you got to kind of stick with what we have right now. It's 5782 among the Jewish people. Yeah, so I want to just give our audience Tishri one. two little things. The first one is anti-Semitism is not of the Lord, okay? Just put it, put it, put it on the back burner, right? It's and the just, Jews are the chosen people. The Jewish people. Period. The word chosen is used. We, it's actually a series. It's we have one, two, the, chosen. the Bible because the Jewish people were faithful. That's true. Right? So I choose... To look at it, because we can look at, you know, I, they even said about killing Messiah, right? I was like, what do you hate Italian people because the Romans actually killed them? Like, what, what, what a double standard here. You know what I mean? The Romans stuck them on the cross. So go f- to Rome. <laughs> and, but see, and, Italian's my favorite ethnic food. Yeah, I, li- I like Mediterranean food too. I'm really getting kind of more on the Mediterranean, but I like Italian yeah, too. Eating my habits to change so I try to eat healthier. So the second thing was about calendars. Um, one of the things about the calendar issues, right? It's one thing to academically look at calendars. It's another thing to show up to the same place at the same time with a body of believers. And if everybody's on a different calendar and squabbling over this or that, guess what? You're never going to be able to come to the same place at the same time and unite and for the things of God. And there's different time zones too. Well, the bigger issue is unity. And so you have to think about what is the bigger principle. The bigger principle is unity. God would look at it and say, don't be such a stinking Pharisee, right? Maybe you could find some jots and tittles or whatever in there that help you find this is a better or this is better, right? But what we have now is something that we can work with. And until right. we can convince everybody to come together right. and do something on that other calendar, then we're going to we're going to struggle. Yeah, there's no unity. Right. Let's move on to some awesome tribal things here. It's tribal. We're going tribal. Tribal. Uh what was another name for Israel? Uh Jeshurun. Jeshurun means upright. Jesus, it's right here in verse 26. It's, it's number 3404 in the Strong's Concordance. You know, Jeshurun is like first place. It's the gold. It's the premier, you know. Um, and then, of course, the name Israel means prevailing prince and cool ruler with God. That's a really great place to be. Mm-hmm. If you can't be Jeshurun, be Israel. But Jacob means supplanter or heel grabber. So that's like third place. You know, you don't want to be third place or second place or whatever it is. And that's what uh, Jacob's name, the connotation is when you kind of see it mentioned Jacob, like his yeah. fallen nature, fallen, you know, state of being that you, we could always do better. Yeah. Like sometimes we feel like we prevail and co-rule with God. And other times we feel like we're just trying to get by or 
maybe be a heel grabber or a supplanter or whatever. You know, they, whatever, I don't know. There's a saying, and, and I might butcher it, but it, it basically, I'll paraphrase it, that says that uh, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. I'd have to write all that down. It's, but what it's basically saying is it's showing you the cycle of how of, of civilization and how things go through. Like right now, we've got a bunch of weak men. We've got weak people that are getting their clocks cleaned. Families being attacked. By Family just the craziness being, out there. Family being redefined. And so what ends up happening is the reason that the times that we live in are getting more and more difficult is because people are not sticking to the principles that God has, has laid out for us because of weakness, because of a lack of a spine, because they're afraid of being called a name by somebody that's, you know, who cares what they think. Right. But that's what we're looking at here with Jeshu Run, right? So I, I gave a little thing last week about the, um, it could be uh, spirit, soul, and body, right? For Israel, right. Jacob, and, and, and Jeshu Run. But here, Jeshu Run is like that peak, you know? That's the, the good times. That's the good times. And so when you grow fat. Right. Then you end up in Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's why our own worst enemy is ourselves and freedom. Right. Jacob falls into making bad choices. Into bad things and causes the times to be bad. Right. Then Israel steps up, right? With his strength and his resolve and makes the good times come. Then he comes back to Jeshu Run and then the cycle starts over, right? And you kind of go through this. I mean, this that's, cycle. you know, it's kind of interesting here because let's see here. Let's check out uh, the last verse. In Deuteronomy 33, 29, verse 20. Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help, and who is the sword of thy excellency? And thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. Mm. So that concludes chapter 33. So why don't you go ahead and read in closing here, and I'll let you kind of discuss this, Ryan, let you lead it. Why don't you go ahead and read uh, Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 through 12. All of them, huh? That's it, man. We're going for it. We've got plenty of time. Oh, yeah. All right. So, and Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo to the top of Pisgah that is over against Jericho, and the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah unto the uttermost sea. So you can see the uttermost sea from, uh, from Nebo. We were talking about that the other day. Verse 3. And the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, unto Zoar. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I, will, I have caused thee to see it from thine eyes, or with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. And Moses was a hundred and twenty years old when he died. His, eyes, his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days, so the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face 
to face. In all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to, uh, to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and, and to all his servants and to all his land, and in all that mighty hand and in all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. Hallelujah. Man, that's it. That's Deuteronomy chapter 34. That's the end of the Torah portion. Wow. So Let's go over it. All right, so Moses was able to see the promised land before he died. So God gave him the ability to go up and so see it. So we could it. call it promised land or promised land? Both. D? Yeah. It's the promised land? That's uh, it's the land President of promise. Barack Obama's memoir. Oh, yeah. Title. Yeah, promised land, right. What and a even guy. Toby Max got a song out. Mm. Am I ever going to see my promised land? Mm. Like to arrive. Yeah, to, to arrive. be where you need to be. Right. Do you like where you're at? I like where I'm at. Um, I have places I want to go. No, I know, but I'm saying that <laughs> I, go I that feel way. like I'm right where I need to be geographically speaking with God for now. Yeah, yeah. That I'm right where I need to be doing what I'm doing, and he'll move me. Yeah. But the promised land is coming. The promised land is coming. It's in my yeah. heart. Praise God. Oh, well, and, we, when, and when it happens. We just got to stick to the vision. Amen. Let's do it. So Moses died in the land of Moab, of all places. And where do the Moabites come from? But Lot's daughter. That's right. And, and then the other daughter was Ammon, Jordan. Right, right. Which Two daughters all created that area. the Moabites. And Ruth was a Moabite. Interesting that uh, those tribes are named after the women, right? Or named after the sons of the women, I should yeah, say. Yeah, sons of the women. Yeah. Um, and so nobody knows where Moses is buried. Oh, good. I'm glad you asked about that. Yeah, there's some speculation about this one, right? I like this because here's Jude 1.9. Also in Jude, huh? Jude 1.9. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil. Ooh. The devil. He disputed about the body of Moses. Durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuked thee. So we know that the Lord took Moses, but where is he buried? Where is he at? Yeah. But he noticed that Moses appears on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's right. With who? With Elijah. With Elijah. Who was also, who was taken. Yeah, just like Enoch, the yeah. first rapture. Right. So these are interesting things to think about as yeah. being translated, the Transfiguration, all these things, you know, um, I find very interesting. Yeah, and so uh, those ones are, are interesting examples because it's like, well, uh, how did, how does this all work, you know? I mean, I just don't right. understand. So Moses was 120 years old when he died. So here's a little note. He was 120 years old. That's right. This is right here in this little commentary. The life of Moses may be divided into three periods of 40 years each. Right. The first 40 years were spent in Egypt as a member of Pharaoh's household. Acts chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Next, he lived a private family life in the land of Midian. Not the land down under. Not the land down under. The land of Midian. Acts 7, 29 and 30. Finally, he lived 40 years from God's call at the burning bush until his death, during which time he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. So, three sets of 40. He was tested in Egypt, tested in the wilderness, and tested to... Right? And well, he was a family man, a shepherd. For the first 40 years, Moses was in Pharaoh's court, right? And he thought he was somebody. So then God takes the next 40 years to show him that he's a nobody. Yeah. And then he takes the 40 years after that to show him what God can do with yeah. nobody. With the shepherd. With a nobody. As a shepherd, yeah. 
And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. So Moses was considered a prophet. That's right. So the children. You know, real quick here, just what comes to my mind is remember, he knew that the earth was going to swallow him up. Remember? Yeah, yeah. The yeah, judgment. Yeah. Right. He said, get away from them because yeah. the earth's going to swallow them up. Yeah, back he already up. foretold it. Right. That's a true prophet. So God even told him how he was going to do it. Yeah. Against Korah. Hmm. So interesting. That is interesting. So he knew that, yeah. He yeah. told him, yeah. So the children of Israel wept 30 days for Moses after his death. Now, remember, this was what they did to Aaron as well, right? And I think um, I don't know possibly how many days it was. It's 30. Yeah, they, there was periods of time. Like, what about for like Joseph or Jacob, mm. what the mourning period was? Yeah. yeah, 30 days was, I guess, the customary time period. Um, and Moses was considered a prophet, as you mentioned. And so verse 9 says this it says, and Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, this is interesting because what do we do when, what does the New Testament say about uh, giving people the spirit, right? To, to fill people or baptize people with the Holy Spirit? Right. To lay hands, right? The elders did would you lay read hands on people. Nine? I just did, yeah. Yeah. That's what we're talking Joshua. About. Yeah. Yeah, Joshua received the spirit of wisdom, but what? Through the laying on of hands. You have to lay the hands on, right? So this has to be bestowed on people. You, right. You don't just, I mean. That's why it says, be careful who you lay hands on. Oh, yeah. Who you put in power, who you give your, your, your authority to. I tell my kids sometimes you know. when they're acting up about now, the lay so hands So Joshua was Ephraim, <laughs> and he was the successor to Moses, who was a Levite. Yes. So it's interesting how... Uh, what's happening today is God is looking for mature, responsible Ephraimites. He's looking for Joshua. Gentiles coming out of the nations right. that are mature and responsible. Yeah, uh, I like that. You know, ask yourself, did Joshua keep the commandments of God? Did Joshua do spiritual exercises? He had a right spirit. Was Joshua faithful? Yeah, he didn't right? change the, uh, the purpose of God. Right. So today, I think it is uh, time for those of us that are you know, part of the church, the body of Messiah, to step up in our maturity, right? Receive our identity in Ephraim and Israel, and to be like Joshua. Amen? You're supposed to say amen. Oh, oh my. You're supposed to be like... Oh me. You know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just, I haven't okay. had coffee. Wah, wah, wah. But I'm excited. I had coffee I had already. I quiet peace. I'm glad you did that. Yeah. I didn't know if you know if we were gonna have I coffee know. today, you know? Yeah, I'll have to wait. Yeah. Maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. Coming to a close. What two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion Vazot Habracha, the blessing from a consensus of Pastor Nick? You want me to go first? I do. Do you have yours? I have I, one. I, I didn't I didn't really have it ready. Yeah. But I, I've got two thoughts Let's hear that it. I'd like to share. What comes to my mind is this. Number one all the tribes of Israel carry a blessing today. Okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, second of all, uh, Moses was not able to go into the promised land, but we are able to go into the promised land. Amen. So that's what I have. Amen. That's good. I put that Moses blesses the next generation just like Abraham did, just like Isaac did, and just like Jacob did. And so the onus is on the generation 
the present generation to pass on the blessing to the next generation and to prophesy into their lives, to speak over them and to to send them on. Not to be so distracted. Right. And not to try to figure it all out. Well, Pastor Nick, that's all well and good. You know, if I could live anywhere, yeah, I'd want to live in Israel, but how's that going to be? How's that going to happen? Right. Well, you know, let let God work that out. Yeah. And then my second point is, is really about Joshua, which I know we just talked about him, but the next book after the Torah is the book of Joshua and the exploits of Joshua and the Israelites. And check out Joshua's altar. And Joshua's altar, right? And so I I personally look at it like, you know, we have to take it and go forward. What is it you say Pastor Randy said right before he died? He said to you, go forward. Go forward. Go forward. The onus is on us to go forward. Go forward. We have been given a gift. We've been given what Revelation says is the testimony of Jesus Christ and the keeping of the commandments, right? The overcomer. So we want to be the overcomer, so we need to be like Joshua, right? I, mean, I just can't say it enough that, that the characteristics of knowing your God, right? What is it, Daniel eleven thirty two? Those that know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. You know, I love how he closes this out, you know, because he's supposed to be the most humblest man because he wrote all this. But... <laughs> And they say that towards the end of Deuteronomy, there was somebody else that finished the book or so. I don't know. But anyway, the last words of a dying man. But I, I want to read these last three verses because I thought this was very good. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of when Paul says, hey, I've run the race. Yeah. I did what you asked me to do. Right. I've completed it. Amen. I love that. Yeah. We're not there yet, Ryan. No, we're not. We're not there. there. I haven't completed my race. No, we're not there. So I'm just it getting says started. This, once again, verses 10, 11, and 12 of Deuteronomy 34, the conclusion the bookends of the Torah here. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Amen. Wow. In all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land. And in all that mighty hand and in all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. Yeah. That he was the vessel. Like I said, we're, we only have one plague. Right. They had to go through 10. Ugh. Amen. Wow. So we got to do uh, the Hazak Hazak. Let's do it. Yeah. You ready? Hazak Hazak, Venish Hazik. Be strong, be strong, and may we be strengthened. Hallelujah. Why, why don't you pray us out? No, you pray us out. Okay. I no, feel, you. I feel no, like you. You got a little bit more. Bring a little more to the table today than I am. <laughs> Oh, Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your Torah, God. As we close out the book of Deuteronomy, God, we too want to be strong. We want to be strengthened by your your might, God. We want you to lay your hands on us and give us the spirit of wisdom, Father, that we could be like Joshua with moral fortitude, understanding what is right and what is wrong, God. We want to see you face to face like Moses did, God. These are the desires of our heart, that we would be in your presence doing the things that you have called us to do for the right purposes with the right motives, God, in the name of your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah, God. And so we go forward, Father, from here. And we move forward, Father, in your name. And we do the things that you've called us to do. Chag Sameach to you, Father. Thank you for the holiday of tabernacles, God, that you've given us. And the times of fellowship and gathering. And, and uh, the sukkah, Father. And just all the fun that we get to have during this season. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. In Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. And just a reminder that starting after this Torah cycle. Right. 
we will be going on a series of the Gospel of Matthew. That's every right. Week we'll be we'll be dissecting each chapter, each verse, going into it and discussing it, how relevant it is, and then also dealing with the cross references of we're going to find Yeshua in the Old Testament. Yeah. So we're going to hit old Matthew, the old tax collector. Man, can you can you imagine? Yeshua is a king. He's we're a king. We're going to Matthew. We're his subjects. We're going into Matthew. Yeah. So be encouraged. So exciting stuff coming up. We love you. If you guys want to reach out to me, if you have anything, uh, any points, any pointers you want to give me on the book of Matthew, I would love to get emails from you guys about that. Um, it's super exciting for us that we're going to be headed in that direction. We've got four years of the tour portions, right? And that you can go back and listen to. You can to. always go back. And, go uh, back to season one. And gather. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Unbelievable. That first episode. That's a lot. I got to go replace that episode with something. Um, but uh, anyways, so if you guys need me, it's ryan at twopraise.net. You can also comment on any of the things that we do on social media. It helps us out when you comment, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. So whenever you get to it, if you're using it, don't just click on it. Give me a comment. Give me a like. Give me a share. All that kind of stuff because it really, really helps us out on getting the word out. We're, uh, we're growing it. Um, in Jesus' name, every day, every week, as we do this faithfully. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a great week.